the Staff and Graph podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. In looks or salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team Tidy Business, baby. Welcome back to the Staff and Graph Podcast. I'm Mike Stevens, and sitting virtually across from me is the future first female GM in NHL history, Rachel Dory. Rachel, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's You're good. It's International Women's Day today, and it sure you is. made me cry with your tweet, so thank you for that. You're very welcome. Um, also, yeah. my mom was like in a video for her company, and I tweeted about how proud I was of her and apparently someone sent her like a mean tweet and all I have to say is if you send my mom mean tweets I will find you I didn't even know your mom had Twitter and I'm now I'm just insanely offended that she's not following me like what the Karen what the hell is this go on Twitter very much I had to teach Karen, her how being, to favorite something <laughs> Karen you're being a real Karen right now you gotta I, I'm, I'm your daughter's co-host you gotta follow yeah, me we love Karen um <laughs> But yeah, and I, yeah, we just want to say a huge shout out to, you know, all the incredible women who make our everyday lives amazing and who are like, you know, like you are, Rachel, persevering and, and accomplishing so much despite all the shit that they have to endure. It's remarkable to see. Yes. Thank you. And yeah, to all my fellow women and anybody who identifies as a woman, um, we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. And um, there are definitely people who support year round and definitely people who performatively support and I prefer the Mm -hmm. former, not the latter. And so I think, um, we can all work together to make this a much more inclusive place for everyone. Um, especially, um, women of color because they have it way harder than somebody like me. Yeah. I think that's very well put. All right. Well, unfortunately our first headline is, um, is one of the more tragic ones we've, we've had to cover, you know, in, in recent memory. Um, Canada's hockey dad, Walter Gretzky passes away, um, at the age of 82. Look, this, this is one of the most saintly people who has ever graced the earth. Just a remarkable person, you know, uh, uh, like I said, Canada's hockey dad, but was able to like, in, in when you look at hockey parents these days, you know, they're these absolutely insane people, you know, they're, they're the way to go, Paul Vine, you know, the guy who just you know, slams on the glass there and, and breaks it and is screaming at refs and doing all these kind of things. Like it's Walter Gretzky wasn't that, you know, he nurtured his kid, his, his children's, um, passions. He did it in a way that wasn't, that didn't hamper or restrict or like rob them of, of a childhood really. Yeah. Like that's super important. When everyone talks Mm -hmm. about Canada's hockey dad, I would like to point out that hockey would be a much better sport and a lot more children would enjoy hockey if more, hockey parents actually acted like Walter Gretzky and oh, yeah. all they cared about was their kid having fun. Like imagine that as a concept. And I think Wayne Gretzky in his eulogy, which I briefly saw and it like ripped mm-hmm. my heart out because as someone who I've basically become my family eulogist, um, they mm-hmm. just like cart me out there every time somebody passes away, which like is an honor, but it's also like a burden. I thought he did a fantastic job, and and he said the world would be a lot better with more people like my dad, and he is absolutely right. He's not wrong. Because I met Walter Gretzky a few times, and that man, I I wish that 
the world had more of Walter Gretzky in it. Like growing up, you know, in the GTHL and, and like, you know, I, I'm sure it was the same with you, but I grew up around insane hockey parents. Oh, Most of them were dads. To my be completely dad. Honest. Like, <laughs> my dad. <laughs> well, I've never met, I've never met your dad, but there were, you know, there were a lot of insane hockey parents, you know, parents who would come down from the stands and berate, you know, uh, the coach for not playing their son. You know, they'd have time, you know, they'd have stopwatches in the stands to clock how oh, long. Oh yeah, those people are crazy. My dad, I will give him credit. He just yelled at the officials when like other yeah. players took liberties on me. Cause like one time I got cross-checked in the head and there wasn't a mm-hmm. penalty. And so my dad would rightfully yell at the officials. Um, oh, my goodness. But, yeah, no, I know of parents. Like, my little brother played pretty high-level hockey. And, mm-hmm. like, there was a parent there with an iPad in novice, yep. which is, for those yeah. of you not in Canada, seven, that's eight years old. Seven-year-olds. Tracking ice time. And I just said, I'm that's like, absurd. what are you doing? Like, why? It's just, that's absurd. It's absurd. And Walter Gretzky would never have done that, so you stop doing it. What I loved about Walter Gretzky, too, is that he... He re, he just he was supportive. Like parents, are in, especially in sports, are supposed to be supportive. They're supposed to, you know, nurture their their children's interests. And regardless, kind of athletically, what those interests are. Like in the summer, Wayne Gretzky would play baseball. And these days, these parents would have their kids in power skating camps. You know, in the like in the middle of June, where they're doing dry land training and they're on the no. You'd be that like, should literally not be allowed. Exactly, it should but, not be but, allowed. But Wayne's like, I want to play baseball. So Walter would go and, and just as he was, you know, freezing his butt off, you know, on the side of an outdoor rink while Wayne was firing a billion shots every day after school, like he would he would stand, you know, in, in sweating his, his uh, you know, sweating his ass off, you know, watching Wayne play baseball. It was all about like being very supportive. And that is that gives him the role of Canada's hockey dad, because look, it's it's become a pretty grotesque kind of industry now the the hockey dad quote-unquote um thing where like you said it's like i said it's it's all the you know way to go paul guys when uh, walter gretzky was not that and i think that he he was the opposite of that and we i hope that a lot of people can take a lesson and and his legacy can can kind of persevere as someone who set the example for what all hockey dads should be 100 percent. now rachel you're you're in a good mood because uh, uh, a, a team of yours. Now, everyone, get out your bingo cards. Notch off that free space. Bayern talk, because apparently Bayern won over the weekend. Let's let's give you like two minutes of Bayern talk here, because I'm. It, this is all going to sound gibberish to me, but go for it. Okay, so they played in, it's called Der Klassiker, which is, mm-hmm. that's like the English way of saying it, um, which for people who aren't as familiar, it would be, it's, the biggest game in the league. So it's kind of like the Manchester Derby or the London Derby in the British Premier League um, or like the Copa del Rey in Spain. Like it's a huge rivalry game. What about El Clasico? Is that something? That's exactly what it is. It's the German version of El Clasico. And so it's between Bayern and Dortmund and Bayern uh, needed to win this game to keep pace, like to keep their title uh, race. Um, and so they got down two nothing in the first ten minutes, and I was um, not happy. I was very upset actually. Um, <laughs> and then they pulled up their socks, and it was two two by halftime because Robert Lewandowski, who's the world's best striker right now, did a lots mm-hmm. of things. But then in the eighty eighth minute, and for those of you who don't know, there are only ninety minutes in a game. In the eighty eighth minute. My favorite player scored the game-winning goal. <laughs> is that is that Lewandowski? No, that is Leon Goretzka. Okay. Um, 
Leon Goretzka. But Lewandowski's the one who makes like $20 million a yes. year, right? He's the striker. Okay. He assisted okay. on that game winner. And then he of proceeded he to score in the 90th minute to get a hat trick because obviously he's a savage. Um, so they won and uh, they definitely didn't start on time. And there was a lot of uh, grumpiness happening. But then they won and Leon scored. And I may Amazing. or may not be a little bit hoarse of voice right now because yeah, of I can tell. all of the screaming that may or may not have happened on Saturday afternoon. <laughs> well, I can. I, I was wondering what that was because <laughs> it was clearly you, you were. You seemed to be. Look, I'm. I'm glad. I. Th- all this. All this makes me want to do is tell you to watch Ted Lasso because all I know about. I've started. You have. I have. Okay, give me like what? How how far in are you? I'm just one episode in. Okay, it gets so man, it's just the happiest show ever. Like it's I I, I like him. He seems very like he's my vibe. Just keep watching. Like you'll you'll love Ted Lasso. Uh Jason Sudeikis won. I, I wanna give you know first of all, I just wanna make sure that he's doing okay. Because you know what happened to Jason Sudeikis? No. He's the guy who plays Ted Lasso. Okay. Just just to clarify. He used to be on SNL, he's you know, be in a lot of comedy movies. But so he was engaged to Olivia Wilde. Do you know who Olivia Wilde is? Oh yes. Yeah, you know. <laughs> stunningly gorgeous, talented, all that kind of stuff. She, um, they were, he was engaged to her for eight years. What? I know. Weird. I I don't, I don't get the whole engaged for eight years thing, but okay, whatever. She just go to a courthouse and get married. Like for me, like I don't, first of all, (laughs) we have made this clear before. Yes. I don't know. I I don't think issues. Yeah. I don't think either of us are going to get married anytime soon. So we don't (laughs) even know. (laughs) And I could tell you that I won't be engaged for eight years. That will not happen. That's true. But either in or we're not. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of in or not, well, the well, Calgary was, Flames. Hold on, hold on. I want to talk about, I just want to talk about Jason Vegas because this is, guy, look, there have been times where I, th- I thought I've been down bad, you know? Like, you know, you know the dudes are down bad, uh, uh, Twitter account and all that. I don't think anyone's ever been as down bad as Jason Sudeikis was when his, uh, his fiance left him for Harry Styles. But also, okay. I mean, yes, but also <laughs> like, you look at that, like, as you know, I went through a breakup, you know, uh, uh, at the start of quarantine, like all the way back, almost a year I ago. I also have been through yeah. a breakup and yeah. <laughs> and when you go through that, it, you know, you, you, you start wondering, you know, is there something wrong with me? Like whatever. Imagine like you can't, you can't even get mad at that. And I think that's even worse. If, it, if they were going to someone terrible, you're like, ah, whatever, have fun with them. But it's Harry Styles. It's the perfect man. And you're like, oh, damn, like I got nothing. to, I, I, I can't compete. I just got bested by God, essentially. It's it's yeah. It's, like there's probably two people where like it doesn't matter who I'm with. If they came calling, I'd be like, all right, I, I'm telling ya. you right now, like, ladies, if I ever end up being your partner, I'm telling you right now, if Florence Pugh ever slides in my <laughs> DMs, you're gone. <laughs> She it yeah. is Florence over everything, baby. Um, all right, yeah. And speaking of of you know breakups, great segue there. The Flames fired. Um, it was is Greg Ward, right? Jeff <laughs> I, Ward. Jeff Ward. Okay, I knew it was a G. I I, I don't care. A power this play wizard. He's gone. Um, he was. Um, you know what? This seemed like a long. He was put in a pretty bad spot with the whole yes. Bill Peters thing. And the reason he handled it well, the reason why he was retained essentially was because he was able to write the ship. Yeah. And, uh, but you know what, as much as, okay, there's, there's two, 
two thoughts here because they replaced him with Daryl Sutter, who like you, you could tell me this is Daryl Sutter's fifth go around with the Calgary Flames. And I believe you. Like, mm-hmm. it seems like this guy, th- it was a joke. Like, literally, Kent Wilson tweeted out, like, f- two days before this went down. He's like, watch them just go back to Sutter or something like that. Like, as as just a throwaway, like, ha, 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 how ridiculous would that be? And they actually did it. This is, I don't know. So, I was a big, I was a big fan of, of, of um, I was not, sorry, I was not a big fan of keeping Jeff Ward because I thought, you know, a lot more, I think there are a lot more, you know, other, other high profile candidates out there. I think you you should be, you could be able to do it. He doesn't really like he nothing he did really promotes like optimism to me. And obviously the flames were a you know not part of the pun tire fire um, at the start of the year. But Daryl Sutter just seems like a rehash to me. I don't know. What do you think? Um. Okay. So I would say that I'm not surprised. Like I think the only way Daryl Sutter was going to come out of retirement was for Calgary. Mm-hmm. Um. He doesn't get enough credit for how welcoming he is to the new thinking really yeah he's actually like he's got a few not even a few he's got quite a bit of like analytics stuff that he intertwines he's actually the old analytics are salad man like i will give him credit for that um but i will say like my first phone call would have been to claude julian Mm -hmm. yeah i can't I mean, um, why? Now, maybe Claude wants a break, and can you blame him? The man has no. serious heart issues. And he had to deal with Montreal. Like, right. It was an eyebrow raiser, for sure, but I think it actually could be decent for the Flames. But yeah, I don't I don't really know and until Daryl actually gets there and, and gets things going. I don't think it's really fair to, um, to say much else. But the one thing, other than like analytics are salad, the one thing that Daryl Sutter is really good at is sniffing out the bullshit yeah so right now calgary jim uh jim brad tree living is at a point now where he's <laughs> got to make a decision of, on whether he's going to perform surgery on the core of the team and daryl sutter is the perfect guy to sniff out whether that core is going to work or who needs to be removed mm-hmm. i think it's i think it works that works really well because look i'm surprised they didn't blow it up over the summer or not over the summer over the off season. I'm shocked because it just seemed like we've seen what they what this core can do. We we've seen that Johnny Goudreau and Sean Monahan, a team led by those two as their focal as the you know the focal point of the organization, can't bring a team over the hump. They're not good enough, and so the fact that they just kind of were like, all right, let's run it back. Let's add you know half of the Canucks, and um, we got a goalie and everything, and then we're gonna hand this over to to Jeff Ward. Like it, it just didn't makes sense to me now daryl like those kings teams that daryl sutter coached like gods exactly i was just about to say like yeah they were the possession kings like part of part of the problem sutter knew that possession wins hockey he doesn't like he seems like someone and i guess it's it's mainly because he talks like this you know i'm I'm daryl i'm daryl sutter i'm not gonna uh, and he talks about like manure all the time exactly because he you know he he rises so sarcastic but that's like that's my kind of guy exactly (laughs) at the same like so I'm, 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 you're, you're making me more into this higher, like you're, you're, you're turning me around on this, you're making me more into this higher than I was when we started this, because it looked like a rehash, but you're right. He does have some cutting edge thinking and what the flames need right now is someone to go in there and just be like, no one's safe. Exactly. And Daryl Sutter is the, like, I'm telling you, there is no better coach for that than, than him. Oh he yeah. He will go out. He is as no nonsense as you can possibly be. He also looks like Beaker from the Muppets, if you want to look that up. Like it's, That's correct. Yes, it, okay, it's very funny. All right. This broke just before we started recording, 
And Thank it's our God. last headline. Thank God but it did. Chris Johnston of Sportsnet, friend of the show, and noted supporter of women mm-hmm. in hockey especially, says the NHL is proposing draft lottery changes. Okay. Which, how long have I been screaming on this podcast for the draft lottery to change? Well, I don't think you could do any screaming right now, considering the state your voice is in. But I it's... know. Like, it's so hoarse right now. <laughs> You're fighting through. No, I, they, the draft lottery needed a, it, need, it needed an overhaul for a while. It so, needs major surgery. So read out what the, what the proposed uh, you know, alterations are. Okay, so this is the big one. Mm-hmm. Teams are limited to no more than two lottery wins in a five-year period. Thank the Lord Jesus Which Christ. Means no more Edmonton Bowl. Hallowed be thy name. Thank God. Second, so there's three major ones. Okay, that's the first one. Second one, the team's only allowed to jump up ten spots. So let's say you finished just out of the playoffs, you can't get the first overall pick. You can get like the fourth overall. That's pick. kind of a bummer. I mean, that's it's kind of fun. I agree with it. I personally would have had it at eight. Um, really? At eight. Eight spots. Yeah, I don't think that a team who just misses the playoffs should be able to get the first overall pick. That's nonsense. That's true. That's true. Um, and this, the third one is a reduction in the number of picks decided by the lottery from three to two. Okay, I so like that. It'll just be the top two picks that are up for grabs, which I also like. Um, to me, the big one is the first one, which is you're not allowed to win more than twice in a five year period, because if you are allowed to win more than twice, it it rewards failure it rewards mediocrity and i don't think we should be rewarding that no that's the that's the best one it it, like how many people groaned when edmonton won the mcdavid lottery because they had already won like 15 the entire league exactly was angry about it so it's just like okay well thank god like now like people think okay so let's back up people think that mcdavid like if toronto would have won that lottery that people would have been angry that McDavid was in Toronto. No, people were more mad that he was in Edmonton because Edmonton has already had four first overall picks. You don't get another one. Yeah, it, it's like that's at least Toronto hadn't had a first overall pick I since think, Wendell Clark ever since Wendell Clark, right? which was 87, I think. Exactly. So like not in the salary cap era or even before that. Like it was. Yeah, yeah it, I it, like it. We'll see. Obviously, like it's super early on. Um, and it has to go to the board of governors. It has to go to the competition committee. Like mm-hmm. it has to be approved by the PA. So there's, there's a lot of hoops to jump through, but, um, I definitely think the players are going to like this because the players, um, they're sick and tired of it too. Yeah. Well, disincentivizes like, tanking. Everyone thinks the fans are annoyed by Edmonton always winning. No, no, no. The players are, are annoyed by it too. Yeah. Is there a stipulation that if Taylor Hall's on the team, they can't win the lottery anymore? I don't think that's there, it. I mean, there should be. The guy is a lottery magnet. Like, I think he's like, what, five of seven now? Something like that. Like, it's insane. Yeah. It's absolutely absurd. All right. I love that. That is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify is a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere, giving entrepreneurs like me the resources that were once reserved for big business and it's customized to your needs you get a great looking online store that really helps bring your ideas to life and tools to manage the day-to-day and drive sales and i'm speaking about this from experience i'm really passionate about bass fishing and a little over five years ago i started an e-commerce bass fishing brand with my best friend aaron called woo tungsten actually it's pronounced woo tungsten w-o-o exclamation mark because that's the sound you make when you catch a giant bass and it was a no-brainer to do this on shopify because they've made it so easy 
every step of the way, from creating product listings, to making discount codes, to managing shipments. In fact, if you want to see what an e-commerce store looks like on Shopify, go to wootungsten.com and you can see. And it's no wonder that every 28 seconds, a small business owner makes their first sale on Shopify. You can get started by building and customizing your online store with no coding or design experience. And you can gain knowledge and confidence with extensive resources to help you succeed. Plus, with 24-7 support, you're never alone. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash bluewire, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial, and you'll get access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Start selling on Shopify today, just like me, just like Woo Tungsten, by going to shopify.com slash bluewire right now. That's shopify.com slash bluewire. Let's move on to plot points. What's trending up? What's trending down? Trending up is guys with bad contracts entered their careers on LTIR. It's unfortunate, um, but it does happen. Brent Seabrook over over the weekend announced his retirement. Um, look, he had three more years left on his deal at six point seven five million dollars. He was not a serviceable defenseman anymore. It was, it, it, you know, it, the end was looking at either this. This honestly might have saved his his face with the organization because it was looking. Like things were going towards a buyout. I honestly don't think so. The Hosa one is a little different. The Robita one, potentially. But with Seabrook, like everything I've heard is that that guy's actually having issues walking right now. Mm-hmm. And so like he was not playing for the foreseeable future. And he's already, so, like, what, 35? It's not like Hosa where he magically developed a skin condition. Like from what I heard, which are from people in Chicago. Yeah. Like this guy can barely walk right now. Damn. So like that's a, like that's a legitimate injury. How old is Brent Seabrook? I want to say like thirty four. Fifteen seasons 30, in the NHL is very very commendable. Like thirty five maybe. He's thirty five. Yeah. So that's yeah, thirty five. That's a long career. That's a good long career. He's three time. And him Cup and Duncan champion. Keith have the most career games played together as a pairing in the history of the league. Apparently. As they should. That was one of the best defense pairings we'll ever see. Oh in their, yeah. It's in like, their prime. I think it's like Niedermeyer Danico or maybe it's Stevens Danico in New Jersey. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really unfortunate. Um, I think we can kind of remove Brent Seabrook in terms of like guys on bad contracts going on LTIR for Mm -hmm. like illegitimate reasons. Like if the guy can barely walk, he's clearly not playing hockey. Yeah, this is legit. This is like, um, like Ryan Kessler is going to be in this, in this camp, you'd think relatively soon. And that is a fully legit. Exactly. Like this isn't, this isn't shenaniganery. This is not going to be like Bobrovsky when they throw him on an LTIR in like three years. It happens to work out well for the, for the, the, the Hawks with their cap situation, just because it takes $6.75 million off the cap for the next three years. But it, this is legit. And they're losing like Brent Seabrook. Think about this for a second. Alex DeBrincat lived mm-hmm. with Brent Seabrook in his rookie year. Yep. Kirby Dak is currently living with Brent Seabrook. And Damn. Kirby Dak is injured and he's getting talked through like there's nobody better for him to live with oh, right now. Yeah. The right? guy's and been so through hell. When you remove a mentor like that out of the room, that is an issue. That is an issue. And because right now, don't forget, they're also short Jonathan Taves. Yeah. That's right. True. So you're you're struggling right now. And and that's another one where like Jonathan Taves is is pretty ill and I mean if he's got to go on LTIR and and things don't end up working out like that's terrible because like 
I thought he's he's been pretty good. So yeah, he's still he's still at the top, not the top of his game, but he's still like one of valuable. the valuable one of the better players in the league. Yeah, so um, it's it's unfortunate, but I think like somebody like Bobrovsky is probably a candidate for for the LTIR. I'm shocked the Canucks haven't found a way to put Louis Erickson on there at some like Louis Louis going to go down swinging. I think he's just as pissed at the organization as the organization is at him. So I think that that's going to be pretty contentious if it ever. Goes. And speaking right, of Canucks, we well, speaking of Canucks, perfect segue in there. Why do they let Jim Benning speak? Like, <laughs> why? Okay, I saw this. So I would also like to report trending up. Rachel has started watching hockey games again. Hey, that's great. Yeah, You're making Jason Greger proud of <laughs> Two hockey games. Yeah. Yeah. Jason Greger, noted supporter of women. Oh, yeah. Said no one. It's his favorite um, day today, International Women's Day. I saw this Benning interview and I think Ray Ferraro kind of hit it on the head. Um, like hit the nail on the head. When does he not? Why would they allow him to speak? I don't get it. It served no purpose. It also, I would encourage everyone to go listen to the van cast with Thomas Drance and Jeff Patterson, mm-hmm. um, where they broke down in depth, everything that was said. And Thomas Drance was on fire. Well, because and this so, is, um, this is disaster. It's one of the worst like it, media availabilities you've ever seen. I don't, we knew like literally you can hear us on the podcast be like, well, thanks. Like you're like Jim Benning's about to, about to have a press conference, you know, tomorrow. Cause we recorded on Thursday, our last episode. And I was like, Oh, can't thanks Jim Benning for, you know, an entire episode's worth of content. And it was even worse than we could have imagined. It served no purpose. He also said he speaks to the owner about the plan and the plan changes day to day. And I was like, okay, so then maybe we need to be hearing from the owner because the owner's clearly running things. Oh the other God. thing that was super concerning was he was like, well, we're living in this day-to-day like thing and you can't really plan for it. And it's like, um, Jim, like literally the Leafs planned for this. The Habs planned for this. There were other teams that like it was not a secret that you weren't going to be playing in the U.S. this year. Anybody with a half brain could figure that out. Jim literally, like the NHL literally had to send a memo out to all the teams to explain the rules because Jim Benning vi- like violated one so egregiously. Like that. <laughs> the Nikita Triampkin rule. Yes. Exactly. Like it's, it's absolutely absurd. And what I, I want to give it up to Daniel Wagner, um, who writes for, I think it's Vancouver, um, the Van, Vancouver or something. I, I want to make okay. sure by the time I, I, this is over, I'll, I'll look that up. But he, he came in spitting hot fire. Like he was literally like, okay, Jim. So at the start at, you know, four years ago, like kind of when you, or I think it was five years ago when, when you took over this team, seven years ago, or sorry, seven years ago, but like he was, you were like, okay, in the next two years, um, we want to be among the team, the league's very best, you know? And in the last, in, in those five years, you know, the team you've been consistently below the bottom, like what went wrong in your plan? Like it was, and then he had the odd da- Jim Benning had the audacity to go in and say, you know, I think in the, in the next two years, we're going to be, you know, we'll be a very, you know, com- so nine years later. So it's like, dude, how, like how many times are you going to push it forward? First of all, you're not going to be there in the next two no. years. Like it's, he just dug what if I, that to me, the way I look at it now is it's on ownership because if you watched, that press conference and you think that 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 regime is capable of managing things like he said I can't worry about Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes because I'm worried about Tanner Pearson and the trade deadline 
but then followed that with, I don't really know because the trade deadline is five weeks away. Like that tells me that you're incapable of delegating and multitasking and quite frankly, managing. And you just really shouldn't be in that position. Here's what, here's what boggled my mind. So like a lot of hockey men, the reason why they get recycled is because they're good at talking. You know, they're, they're, they, they like, yeah. like Brian Burke, for example, like, you know, very nice guy, you know, like he, I, I think he, he's very talented as a broadcast and everything. Should he be like, you know, in a front office right now, given the way that he thinks the game and everything? Probably not. But he's really good at talking to ownership and be and and putting on a strong front. And he has he has what, you know, my old my uh, what the president of Samsung once once um, told me is executive presence. He has right. Jim Benning does not have any of that. I don't know how Jim Benning ever got put in a position of power in any meaningful organization. The way that that guy talks instills zero confidence. He could be talking about, he could be telling me that I just won a billion dollars and he could show me the receipt in front of me. And, but the way that he talks, I wouldn't believe him because nothing he says seems legitimate to me at all. I don't know how he convinced, you know, multimillionaires, the Aquilinis that he should run their hockey team. No clue. I don't get it. He has, he, he, like he has the opposite of executive presence. And, and right. I, I have a theory even that like, I've been thinking about this is like, did, I wonder if the Aquilinis put that press conference into motion to see how he would react. And that might be a telling sign where it's like, all right, like he blew it again. Like that's our, that's kind of our last straw. Like now we know. Yeah. And I, I don't think that this is going to be the final shoe to drop with the Canucks. I think there's going to be more silly things, and I'm just basically waiting. All right, trending down the bar for player safety. Tom Wilson was back on his bullshit. Um, I saw that, and can I just say, I am pleasantly surprised that he got seven games. I straight up thought we were going to get, like, a either, nope, this was fine because of, like, the Frank yeah. Saravelli thread, which you know that George Peros saw and was like, oh, hmm, yes, maybe. I am actually surprised they actually chose to suspend. Well, he did like, like George Perro saw that and he didn't get suspended for a hit to the head. He got suspended for interference. So, so like what, and the reason for that is good. Can we uh, suspend for interference and boarding more? Yeah. But what boggled my mind is no, it like he hit him in the head. Like it, like the, like it doesn't matter. The first point of contact and the principal point of contact aren't the same thing. Just because your body touches, just because, you know, like if you hit someone like, I, I can I can punch someone in the balls and it can like like my fist the first thing it connects with is like the you know the top part like the sternum but the main you know centrifugal force is hitting someone's balls like that is like that and and that is classified as a punch to the balls like what Tom yeah like if I kick you yes in the nuts but I hit your groin exactly all the way up I'm not I'm not matter. you're not going to be like what do you what are you you know rolling on the ground for like you just. You just kicked me in the groin. I'm like, no, Rachel, you kicked me in the nuts. Like, that's what Tom Wilson did. Yeah, like, that's not how it works. And I'm so sick and tired of anyone giving Tom oh my Wilson God. the benefit of the doubt. Like, are I have his suspension kidding? history up here. It, like, he... Um, also, Kevin Paul Dumont. Of course, it's the oh Boston my media, God. by the way. Of course This guy. Like, he needs... This guy needs therapy. I'm not even going to read... He basically was just like, you know, rip some heads, like, you know, do... Like, Jack Edwards didn't no, even it, say that. Can I also point out that I thought it was absolutely hilarious that Tom Wilson fought and then the Bruins scored three goals while he was in Incredible. the box. Incredible. Including Trent Frederick scored one of them, which was great. 
which is incredible. But like 2013, Tom Wilson had a had a, a you know an in person hearing. Twenty uh, April 2015, Tom Wilson. Um, um, had a he was suspended for three games. 2015, Tom Wilson was suspended one game. Tw- another one again in 2015. Tom, um, Wilson was w- had another in person hearing. 2016, he, he was suspended or uh, he had a, he was fined. You know, 2016, he was fined. Uh, 20, 20, again, December 2016. I don't even think we need to go through the entire list. Like, his last suspension was like 20 games and it got reduced to 14. Exactly. And that was in 2018, like, which means that he wasn't technically in a, a, a repeat offender by then. I'm sorry, but if you get suspended for more than 15 games for an infraction, you should be considered a repeat offender for the rest I of your I think we should just get away with the, the statute of limitations on repeat offenders. Like, I don't or care. Or maybe it's like... It should be the actual statute of limitations, which is seven years. No, 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 because I think, okay, there's a difference between, like, Brad Marchand licking people and Tom Wilson trying to murder people. I don't think there should be a statute of limitations for head hits, boarding, yeah. like, predatory hitting should not have a statute of limitations. But if you slash someone, like, that's not the same thing. Yeah, but you're not going to get suspended for a slash, like, it's... Or, like, you know what I mean? Like, I think predatory hits have to be in their own category. That's true. But, Tom, like, Tom Wilson has... How many people has Tom Wilson, like, sent to the hospital? nearly killed a lot of them i don't like brendan carlo just left the hospital like it's yeah and he's out probably like i honestly would not be surprised if he was out for the next like three months and it's seven games like this this should have been like a this should have been like a chris simon-esque suspension because this guy honestly i'm in favor of like if you have a hit like that you're out as long as the other players absolutely you're not going like you're just straight up he hasn't learned his lesson He's never going to learn his lesson. Even his team, like Ovechkin said, the, the came out and said the suspension's bullshit. Which, yeah, you're standing up for a team, a teammate. But what your teammate Ovechkin did, also just got away with spearing someone in the nuts. So. Exactly. Now, and and to that point as well, he got five. He got five grand for spearing the nuts, and I did the math on that, and it's zero point zero five two whatever. Uh, yeah, percent. but it's also like you're, that's the max they're allowed to. And I know. They're not suspending Ovechkin for that. But it's but here's the thing: it's zero point. I think it's zero point zero five two four percent of his his yearly cap hit, Salary. so earning. Yeah, that would you know level out to like thirty bucks for me or something. Or like, not even. Not even. It'd be like you know like eleven cents or whatever. Sure, I'd pay eleven cents to kick someone in the in the nuts. Like absolutely, yeah. that's basically what he did. It's Tom Wilson. He hasn't learned his lesson. He just hasn't. No. So what? So what's what's the purpose of this? All right, trending up, unemployed Burger King social media managers. Rachel, you haven't seen this, and I want to preface this by saying this is one hundred percent real. These were real tweets that were sent. I would also out. like to point out that I haven't eaten at Burger King because I think it's disgusting. I haven't eaten at Burger King since high school. I haven't eaten at Burger King since I was three years old. Yeah, people it's disgusting. The only people who eat in Burger Kings are people in airports because Burger Kings are, are in every airport. Ugh. And people in high school on Whopper Wednesdays because it's cheap and the Whopper is actually not too bad. But anyway, Burger King, Burger King UK. All right, to hit be, me quickly. We got to Burger King UK to be specific. So March, tw- March 8th, 2021, 4.01 a.m. Women belong in the kitchen, period. What? Women belong in the That's kitchen, period. That's not real. Oh, no, it is. There has to be a qualifier there. And then the next one that. is... If they want to, of course, yet only 20% of chefs are women. We're on a mission to change the gender ratio in the restaurant industry by empowering female employees with the opportunity to pursue a culinary career. We are proud to be launching a new scholarship program, which will help female Burger King employees pursue their culinary dreams. Nope. Nope. Okay. Nope. 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 I don't even think we need to talk about this. Wow. Can you believe that? Ladies and gentlemen, this is why I go to McDonald's. Okay. Just go to McDonald's. 
Can you believe that women belong in the kitchen? That's not a real thing, and I hope those people get fired. Oh, my God. All right. And then also trending up, the CJ curse. Unfortunately, Chris Johnston should just never utter the word juggernaut ever again. Because he really shouldn't. No, because and this is like legit. Like, Actually, no. He needs to say it for the Bruins, or he should just he should just say it for everyone, and then mass chaos will ensue. Because not every team can lose. They can't. Not you know, every team can't lose, right? But so he the Habs were you know they were sitting pretty, and I know that you know there were a lot of unsustainable things, yada yada, whatever. They're sitting pretty, you know, second overall in in, in the East or not in the East in uh in the North Division, and when CJ goes out and he says you know early shortened seasons force us to draw early conclusions the Habs right. look like a juggernaut since that the Habs have gone four five and four fired a coach fired a goalie coach mid-game fired an assistant coach you know s- drama ensues crazy stuff so then CJ goes on to, to to be joking and says oh and just for those who are asking yeah after the Leafs you know bulldoze and thoroughly spank the the Oilers to go by the way the Leafs look like juggernauts and the Leafs have <laughs> now lost two straight. straight. To the Pedersen less Canucks. The Canucks who don't have Elias Pedersen playing. Remi- like this is also trending up. I have a new trending okay, that hit just me. came to me. Hit me. It's gonna make your day. I can't wait. Trending up. Rachel's sister's like of Mike Stevens. Really? Yes. <laughs> yes. I posted your tweet or your Insta story on my Insta story. Yep. And she texted me, what a guy. Kat, you know I love you. You know, yep. if you're yep. d- your Disney Prince boyfriend, if he ever if he ever doesn't do it for you, you know I'm here. Um, all right. Before and before uh, before I, I sent over Rachel's um, sister more and before we get into our deep dive, a word from our sponsors. Get prepared for St. Patrick's Day with Manscaped if you're going to get a little lucky. Manscaped is the global leader for below-the-waist grooming and official sponsor of the Staff & Graph podcast. So to ensure that you have the best tools for your family jewels, visit manscaped.com and use the promo code STAFFGRAPH for 20% off your order plus free shipping. Now you are in luck because the Manscaped Performance Package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Included in this package is the Weed Whacker Ear and Hair Nose Trimmer, which is waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor powered 360 degree rotary dual blade system. Now look guys, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff, so why not use the best tools for the job here? This bundle includes the Lawnmower 3.0 Trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt, and body. Their third generation trimmer features a cut Cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology, so you'll feel confident shaving your thunder down under. And let's not forget their famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant, and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine. Get the performance package now to receive their two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxers and Shed Travel Bag. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code STAFFGRAPH at manscaped.com. Every purchase at manscaped.com goes towards contributions made to the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. All right, so this is going to be a mix of hockey and and culture, if you will. I would, yeah. Oh, let's tease what's coming. Yeah, so we got some, we got some big like, Rachel's got some info. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to try and be, I'm going to do my Oprah, my my Oprah impression of like teasing something. It's like, so after the break, was Taylor Hall in silence, or was he silenced? More to come. No, Taylor, we have some news about Taylor Hall that we'll be breaking on the podcast. But but first, let's talk about the most important thing. The Meghan Markle, Prince Harry, Oprah interview. Can I just say that 
people comparing my mom to Rachel Zane is now the biggest compliment ever. (laughs) You're comparing my mom to Meghan Markle, who is a literal queen. Well, yes. Meghan Markle, I think, might be the most beautiful person who's ever walked the planet. She's stunning. Like, it it was... Inside and out. Absolutely. When I first started watching Suits, I'm like, I... This is this is what an angel looks like. Yeah. Like, oh my god. Um yeah, it's this interview like look, if we if we didn't know that the monarchy was messed up before this and we should have we did. We did. Well, <laughs> some people are like genuinely shocked about this. I'm like, "Really? Really? This is like you didn't think the mo- like the people who invented colonialism, you didn't think they were a little racist?" I also loved that Harry pointed colonial undertones out publicly in the interview. Like, well done, sir. Well Well, done. Like, he's the guy, like, how can you not be in tune? What I like to in tune to that, like, your wife is a person of color who is who has been treated to racist vitriol, like from the moment your names were linked. Like, how can you not? But what I liked about about that interview is that, or what about Harry is that he acknowledged like, look, I grew up it, it like sheltered and in this, in, in, in this machine. And I didn't know about this stuff in the institution, in the institution, the institution. Yeah. Um, I think the most, like, I can't say I'm shocked to hear this, but I'm shocked. She admitted it publicly. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that there were conversations surrounding, Oh my God, the color of the baby's skin and then today, Oprah came out and said that Harry made it clear that it was not the Queen and it was not Prince Philip. So that only... Oh, I have my conspiracy theory. What's your conspiracy theory? Okay, so Megan said, I won't tell you who it is because it would be damaging, very damaging to their reputation. To me, that says William and Kate because Charles yeah. and Camilla's reputation is already in shambles. They have a terrible reputation. Now... Would I be surprised if Charles said something like that? Absolutely not. No, they were they were cool with Prince, you know, Prince Andrew being besties with Epstein, right? So it, okay, yeah. So here's one thing that really stood out. Mm-hmm. They, the tabloids are, and the institution working overtime to protect Prince Andrew, and and get rid of all the quote unquote falsehoods surrounding that. But actual falsehoods come out against Meghan Markle, and they're like, oh, sorry, can't help you. Bye. Like, what? It boggled my, like... What? They essentially were like, he's not, like, your kid, who's unborn, has nothing to do with this, like, hasn't done anything, A, will not be a prince, ever, and because of that, will never get security from us. I would also like to point out, look at Archie, he's literally a white ginger. Yeah. Like, look at his dad, dude. It's also, it also goes to show, like, like, honestly, prejudice rots the human body. Like, can we just say that? Like, look at every, like conservative you know columnist or whatever they all look like friggin moldy pumpkins the day after halloween (laughs) and look at william compared to harry harry is aged like a fine wine he looks he looks great handsome young lad william william looks like fucking humpty dumpty at this point william has less hair than my grandfather did when he died at the age of 84 damn he looks terrible like he and so like, if he wasn't a prince, he'd look like, you know, a, a sad IT guy who, like, asks, where's my hug at every, you know, event. Like, he just, it's rough, man. Okay, so I want to talk about something because it kind of, like, hit me relates to hockey a little bit. 
And how are we going to make this simil- this this thread? Oh, Hockey watch. and the royal family. Let's go. All right. Okay. So, um, a lot of times, Megan and Harry both brought up like there's a difference between the people and the institution. Mm-hmm. And having worked in hockey, I also kind of feel that way because it's true. you meet yeah. a lot of good people in hockey, but they are impacted and holding up the institution. Mm-hmm. So there are members of the 200 hockey men that yeah. are good people. Absolutely. We hear but, it all the time. But the institution is like, no, you can't come out and stand up for women. No, you can't come out and stand up for people of color because that is an institution thing very similar to the fact that the queen wanted to see harry and megan and the institution was like no i'm sorry you can't do that and then they weren't allowed to do that and now that the harry and megan are out of the royal family harry says like he speaks to the queen all the time because he doesn't have to worry about the stupid institution and i could say something similar like now that i'm not employed by an nhl team full time i speak to people within hockey all the time and the conversations are a lot different now than when i was hired because there's no worry about an institution Mm -hmm. don't worry about optics yeah there's a freedom to it john hines doesn't have to worry about naming me in a press conference when he gets asked a pointed question because he doesn't want to hurt somebody else's feelings and then therefore get whacked by the institution. Like, there's a huge kind of parallel there. And I don't think it just applies to hockey. Like, I think it's in sports in general. But, like, when when she explained it, I was like, you know what? That is a very good point. It's true. And yeah. begging for mental health help and not getting oh it. God. Where have we heard that before? I mean, I think that's a, that's a situation that both of us know pretty well. Yeah. Um, and as two people who, you know, have both had suicidal thoughts and being being on that precipice, the the sheer like getting tossed aside, the sheer dismissal of Megan in that state, it, it, it's sickening. Like it made me really emotional because and, and like the the whole thing about like the royal family having this foundation or like supporting mental health, like, okay, so that's hollow now. Like thank you. That sounds like Mike Babcock to me. Yeah, it's Bell Let's Talk. On it's, a much that sounds like scale. <laughs> that sounds like Bell Let's Talk to me, where it's on like a, on a bigger scale. Here's their foundation. It's time to talk, and then it's just like, oh, like literally, like the Duchess of of Cambridge Sussex. or whatever Sussex, the Duchess of Sussex is like, I don't want to be alive anymore, and they're like, yeah, I get fucked. <laughs> yeah, real good stuff, guys. That is what we call performative. Yes, it just it is it, it boggles my mind. It, also, you can't be surprised that the royal family is racist. Come on, like. If you're surprised by that, you are not paying attention. Again, they invented colonialism. <laughs> like, like, what are we talking about here, man? Like, all of them are like, I, they're either like literally some of them are inbred, and most like, of them, exactly to keep the bloodline pure. Where have we heard pure bloodlines before? And um, well, bad places. Yeah, and also, and also, like, it's not a shock that they didn't th- that you know the this was the first couple. Like the first sort of prince and and uh, and princess couple to not do the picture like with the newborn baby, after they they always bring them out for that photo op like outside of the hospital, and it's not a surprise that they were that that you know the one sort of mixed race baby is going to be the one who's like yeah you know we're not like he's not going to be a prince and he's not going to get our protection and all that like it's 
like William and Kate's kids are, but not not him because he what is it might look a little different. Like it, it this is again they invented colonialism. Like what? How are we shocked about this? Exactly. What I what also let me just say, Oprah proving that. If she wanted to, she could step into to back into her journalist role and dunk on everyone. Okay, Oprah is a queen. Like, there can be no debate. That interview was fantastically done. That was a better interview than I've seen, like, you know, any of the pe- the actual, like, people at the top of their game right now doing it. And yeah. Oprah was like, I'm going to take a second to step away from running my own TV network named after me to... Show everyone what the goat of interviews really looks like here. Like remark, remarkable stuff. She knew exactly when to interrupt and all that. Anyway, all right. Here's our big news. So Taylor Hall, Rachel, would you say that there's a growing sentiment out there that Taylor Hall wants to play in Toronto and you would be a fit? There's definitely a growing sentiment that uh, Taylor Hall would be a fit in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't. Th- Maybe he hasn't been, like, forthcoming about it, but I don't necessarily think it's a secret that he likes the city. Um, He's got two places of residence here in Toronto. Um, His girlfriend still, uh, I believe, goes to school just outside the city. Wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, Or maybe she's graduated now. I'm not quite sure. Okay. In my mind... (laughs) Oh, no, I meant, like, university degree. Yeah, this is how dumb I am. Oh, my God. When you say go to school, I'm like, is Taylor Hall dating a high schooler? But no, 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 that's not... No, okay, sorry, that's on me. Um, I would say, yeah, and you know what? It's come out that the Leafs are looking for a top six winger. And Taylor Hall hates his life right now in in Buffalo. I mean, that legit... I would say that he's not enjoying himself right now. Like, just from my... If you look, there there was a clip... Where I guess he was at the end of end of uh, a rush or end of a, a shift, but he had a full on breakaway. Yeah, and like by multi, by at least four steps, and just stumbled and kind of was just like, "Fuck it, I'm done with this." And and the play evaporated. Like he, yeah. everything that could be going wrong has gone wrong. So now, before everyone gets angry at me, and and I'm already angry at you. So I'm too late. Toronto biased and whatever first of all i was born into a leaf onesie so yes i am Mm -hmm. thanks but i actually took the liberty of doing some math as if i didn't have more important things to do over the last few days and let's let's talk about some things let's talk buffalo can't afford to lose taylor hall for nothing that's true like he's getting traded i think no matter what yeah number two there's not a lot of teams in case anyone hasn't noticed we're in a pandemic still what? Yeah. Did you know? Who? This is news to me. Yeah, I had a COVID swab up my nose this morning. It was a lot of fun. At least it's not the anal swabs that uh, Japan is... is in China? Manda- Talk about China- discouraging... Sorry, like, you want to discourage people from entering your country? Do that. But some people are like, oh no, I hope I don't have to travel to China unexpectedly soon for some reason. I hope no reason pops up for that. That would be terrible. Like, do you know if Canada did that? The amount of people that wouldn't travel here? Absolutely. Right. Anyways. Okay. So we're in a pandemic and a lot of teams cut actual cash um, and they can't afford to take on money during the pandemic. Like a lot of teams. I'm talking probably like 85% of teams. Yeah. Um, So now your trade pool shrinks to teams that fall into both categories. Mm -hmm. They have to be a contender 
because a non-playoff team is not trading for Taylor Hall. Yes. And they have to be able to pay actual cash moolah in a pandemic. Now, how much, let's say he gets traded on the trade deadline. Do you know how much actual cash moolah that would be owed to him? I do not. Okay. Because he's making eight mil, like that's his, that's his cap hit. So right, it so it's, a- it's just like days accrued through the season. Yeah. But the problem is, is I don't know how many days are in this specific season. True. Right, so it's it's not the same. Um, and so now you have, you need to be a contender and you need to be able to take on salary, like actual cash salary. Mm-hmm. And everyone wants to talk about Toronto's cap issues. And so actually did some math. Ooh, look at this. Yeah. All right, hit me. Let's go. Okay, so... It is likely that Buffalo is going to have to retain 50%. No matter where Hall goes, they're going to have to retain 50%. That's already a loss on... Like, how did they... Oh, my God. Anyways. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. They're going to have to retain 50%, which brings it down to $4 million, which, if he gets traded halfway through the year, means it's about $2 million. Yeah. Okay. So, let's say he's traded to the Leafs. Mm-hmm. In order to do that, the Leafs would have to run a 20-man roster. Okay. Until the playoffs, at which point it doesn't matter anymore. Um, They would have to run a 20-man roster, and that would bring them to within $257 of the cap. So they're within an Apple Pencil of the the cap. But, (laughs) But that is without taking a player off their roster. And so then I did more math. Okay, wow. And... If they remove Jimmy VC and potentially just trade him back to Buffalo, what a because tough if Taylor Hall's him. coming in, like Jimmy VC's on the outs anyways, yeah. So you might as well like they're trading ship him there. The reason why they're getting Hall is because VC hasn't been able to perform to the role they wanted him to. to. And they want to be able to move Thornton down the lineup so he doesn't have to play big minutes in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you trade out VC, then you've got you're more than comfortable. Um, with that 20-man roster, but, and this is a big but because I don't necessarily see this part happening. Okay. Um, first of all, I'm going to point out, not just Toronto exclusive, just speaking generally, that if you're going to trade your first round pick for a high quality player, this is the year to do it because the draft doesn't have sucks that level of star power that you need to be concerned. Will that matter though? Like, I mean, like that, that kind of depreciates the value of a first round pick though. No, but what I'm saying is, is like a team like Buffalo who just needs like as much talent, as they can get. Yeah, yeah. They just want that. Whereas like if they ask for 2022, I would tell them to kick rocks. Yeah. You do not trade your 2022 pick right now. Like that draft is deep. That draft's going to be nuts. That draft is going to be insane. Yeah. So, um, I would say that I would be way less hesitant to trade my first round pick this year than most other years. Um, but the other thing you have to worry about is expansion. And I think that potentially trading Kerfoot or Dermot, if you're the Leafs, not only does it move salary out, um, it also potentially gets you to a point where you're not losing one of those players. Um, but then the reality of the situation is is you're going to lose someone to Seattle anyway, so potentially you're losing um, that player, another player, to get Taylor Hall in the mm-hmm. long run. Yeah. But the way I look at it is if you're the Leafs, and you can take on money because you have more money than God, and you want to go for it, what the hell do you care? If you make the cup final or the conference final or, God forbid, win, do you give a rat's ass who Seattle takes? No, not at all. Not even a little bit. People were freaking out when the Leafs lost Brandon Leipzig. Which, 
that turned out well. He's in the KHL. Who cares? Because he's a piece of shit. But like the reality of the situation is, is when you have a good team, you're going to lose a good player. That's how it works. It's about managing and mitigating the trickle down effect of that. And so the Leafs are likely to lose one of Kerfoot or Dermott. Yeah. And that's just the reality of the situation. And another reality is Travis Dermott on the Leafs is a third-pairing defenseman. He's not a third-pairing defenseman. If all you lose in expansion draft is a third-pairing defenseman, you're going to be fine. He's also not a third-pairing defenseman in Buffalo if he goes to Buffalo. No, exactly. So I think it's it's a lot easier to make work than I think people think. Um, And I spoke to someone who is a cap expert. Yeah. And he said that Brandon Pridham, if he wanted to make it work, it would be relatively easy. Like, it would be one of the... It's it's a lot less complicated than people in the media and on Twitter are making it out to be. Brandon uh, Brandon Pridham could like do some finagling to make me like on paper like richer than Jeff Bezos if he wanted to. Like he could the the mastery that guy could do with numbers. Now this does. Beg I would one, say that there's other teams that'll be in on Hall and like I can name them off the top of my head. Can you? Um. Yeah. Hit me. Tampa, Colorado, Vegas. Damn. But let's also remember Taylor Hall has a no move clause and can pick. And it seems like Toronto would be, you know, atop that priority list for him. Rachel just nodded, by the way. You couldn't hear that. Um, but it's now this does beg the question, though. Is he good enough to go through all this trouble? Is he still is he still wor- like, yes, you still think he is because it's been it has been a disaster. He's well, got one it's goal. because he's like in an environment yeah. that is like Jack Eichel doesn't even look like he wants to play hockey right now. Rasmus Ristolainen is basically playing with a half of the long. Like, I just don't think that that was a good situation. And I think that Taylor Hall is not a... He can't be the star on a team that wins a cup. He has to be a complimentary high-end player. And in Toronto, he's very much not even close to the star. He'd be, like, the fifth best player. He would be a pure rental. Like, because he's not getting re-signed. Like, he's... Like, this is... Right, but again... Yeah, you're the going Leafs for are it. at a stage right now mm-hmm. where rentals are a thing. Exactly, they like, could they could win. And the I cup. think this is foreign for a lot of Leaf fans. It is because the team has been hot garbage for almost two decades. And so, let me remind everybody what a rental is: you give up assets, you get a player for half the year and a playoff run, in the hopes that that player helps you win the Stanley Cup. Sounds good to me. That's the point. So people, if the Leafs trade for Taylor Hall, they're going to give up something. And mark my words, people are going to be like, it's an unfair trade and blah, 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 and this, that, and the other. The point of a rental is to give up futures for a current asset to yeah. help you win now. Because guess what? If you win the cup or even make the cup final, it was worth it. Man, like being able to swap out like, you know, what, like literally any of the rotating cast of characters who are on that second line wing spot with Taylor the Hall. The top two lines would then be. It, remarkable. Yeah, like it would. And then you could keep the zip line, the Hyman, Mikheyev, Engvall line. Um, and then that leaves like Thornton, Spezza, and probably Simmons. Well, yeah. That, but then you which wouldn't is, have to play them every night in the playoffs, which is the entire point, is those guys aren't built to play every single night. Thornton, Spezza, Simmons as a line together is hilarious. And then, God forbid, someone gets hurt, you can just bring up Travis Boyd. You have Nick Robertson, who we haven't even spoken about. Like Travis Boyd is... Fa- you have Kerfoot, who... like, And this is what I'm Unless saying. Unless Kerfoot's like, going the other way. That's why when people say, like, oh, I don't want Kerfoot going the other way, where's he going to go in the lineup? Where's he going to go? Like, obviously, I think, okay, Engvall probably comes out. 
But at the same time, that line looks really good. The question I have is what number would Taylor Hall wear? Because he can't wear four. He, and he can't wear nine. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. What would he do? 94? Like Tyson Berry? <laughs> no. I don't know. Oh, no, that's Bear Banoff. We'll yeah. Cross that bridge if it if it happens. But uh, I think Taylor Hall gets traded. What are the odds that you have on this? Like, like let's say for like. That he it, gets traded? Well, let's do both. That he gets traded and that he gets traded to the Leafs. I would say there's like a 95% chance that he gets traded. Okay. What about, I mean, yeah, it seems like that would be the best move for both parties. Like this, it just, this experiment just hasn't worked. It's idiotic not to trade him. This experiment, it would be unfair to him and it would also be unfair to the health of the organization. Like this, this. It's also very poor asset management. This experiment has not worked. It is a failure. It has just straight up. The entire team is a mess. Neither side. It is a disgrace what the team is. Neither side has gotten what they what what they wanted from this. Taylor Hall's one goal in the season, and he hasn't found any chemistry with Jack Eichel because he's not getting played with Jack Eichel. The three, him, Skinner, and uh, and and Eichel, all three. I would just put them all on a line and be like, figure it out. They combined have six goals. Yeah, I would put them on a line and say, figure it out. I don't care if you don't want to play with each other. Figure it out. Like that's I'm pretty sure it's the same amount of goals or at least close to the same amount of goals that Jimmy VC has. Yeah. So anyways, Taylor Hall is going to get traded and that's that. Yeah. All right. And now we move on to the Kovalev shift. Kovalev was a great shot. Scores! Alex Kovalev! Scores! It's Kovalev! Kovalev scores! Oh, All right, Rachel. It's your favorite part of the podcast. Mm-hmm. This one, uh... So I had originally said that we were going to talk about Kevin Dumont's take yeah. on on going after people on the Kovalev shift. That is not what we're going to talk about. We're talking about something even dumber. Yeah. The New Jersey Devils. Which is associating yourself with Kurt Schilling. I don't understand. Like, I keep saying, I feel like I have to say this every episode. I don't understand how something like this could be allowed to happen. Oh, can I explain how it happened in this case? I would love to. So let's explain what happened first. The New Jersey Devils (laughs) gave, so Kurt Schilling, um, we'll get to his, who he is in a minute. Oh yeah. But Kurt Schilling is helping a fundraiser for a kid who broke his neck during a hockey game. Okay. Nice. And now has like some life challenges. Okay. That's a good thing. Fine. Kind of out of character, to be honest. Extremely out of character. Okay. Fine. Works for me. Good for him. Glad he's doing that. Okay. However, Kurt Schilling is known for, and and get ready because it's a long list, anti-gay, anti-trans, anti-Muslim, denier of evolution, Nazi sympathizer, and believes in QAnon takes. Every... Literally every bad thing you can think of, Kurt Schilling is like, hell yeah, man, that's my jam. This guy on his numbers alone should be in the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. But he is not there. In Cooperstown. He is not there solely. He will never get there because you can't vote a guy who believes in QAnon and sympathizes with the Nazis into your Hall of Fame. Oh, buddy. Bobby Hall's in the Hall of Fame. Like, yeah. Yeah, but he was there before all of that came That's out. True. And I, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Um, Kurt Schilling is, he's also anti-women, so. I mean, wow. Who would have expected that? if it's good, he's just like, he hits all the boxes. Racist, misogynist, transphobic, 
the homophobic, like all of it. He's, he hits all of it. So what did the devils do? Well, you see, my old roommate that we have spoken about on this podcast before, yep. who also falls into a lot of the categories that Kurt Schilling falls into. Oh, what a shock. Oh, she was just delightful. Um, Sounds like a treat. She handles all of the community initiatives and player initiatives. So like the Kyle Palmieri Military Foundation, Mm -hmm. um, when Blake Coleman was in New Jersey, it was like Pickles Pals. Like she handles all of that and like handles out hands, um, handles like the giveaways and stuff. So it's like Mm -hmm. if you need a giveaway for something like. Like she's she's the person to go to. Yeah. So Kurt Schilling emails the devils. And wait, he asked for a free for a free jersey like he he asked and asks for a team signed jersey and the devils gave it to him. And okay, you know what? The easy solution here would have been no, Kurt, we're not going to give it to you. And then you approach the actual person doing this fundraiser and say, hey, we heard about what happened. We have something we'd like to donate to you Mm -hmm. because what you don't want is what happened, which is this. So, the devil sent the jersey for the fundraiser. I don't know that I'd be associating myself with Kurt Schilling. There was another avenue you definitely could have taken to do that. Kurt Schilling tweets, at New Jersey Devils, thank you for the jersey. I hated you as a Flyers fan. That trap with Brodeur in the net sucked. But you're awesome, folks. If Kurt Schilling thinks you're awesome, yeah. something has gone awry. Like, you've, we need to retrace our steps here, yeah. But then, oh, there's it got more. better. But wait, there's more. The official New Jersey Devils Twitter account quote tweeted that tweet with haters gonna hate. You're welcome for their jersey, though. Sunglasses emoji. So they legitimized it. They could have let that slide and just let it go. They could have let that slide. And if anyone. So your first misstep was associating with Kurt Schilling. Yeah. You could have donated that jersey without associating yourself with Kurt Schilling. 100%. And it would have been fine because, you know what, I am all about helping people. And Absolutely. Had I heard about that, like there were times where I would see things on Twitter and I would go to my roommate and be like, hey, like, did we see this? And sometimes we would send something, mm-hmm. right? There are avenues where you can just reach out and be like, hey, I heard this happened. We would like to donate something. The Leafs do it all the time. You do not have to associate yourself with a known Nazi sympathizer to do so. And you have to know, like you, you have to know. What associating yourself with a guy? There was just a widespread conversation about how, literally, about how his his terrible, racist, misogynistic, you know, homophobic, transphobic, all that, all his his views. There was just there was just a national conversation about how it's keeping him out of the Hall of Fame because he got passed over on Hall of Fame voting a couple months ago. Like, yep. you can't tell me that you aren't aware of what this guy has done and, and, and is doing. And if you aren't, you're not doing your job. Exactly. It's your job to know. And also, it's in the news. And you work in sports. So don't tell me your Twitter timeline isn't geared towards this. Like, it, it bought... Oh, and her Twitter timeline is very much geared towards this because guess what? She follows him on Twitter. Of course. So she would know. And she's probably seen all the tweets of him going like, oh, I can't believe this is, all, this is bullshit. I'm getting, you know, cancel culture at his finest and all that. Oh, yep. She follows Candace Owens and all of her likes are of that ilk. So it's one of those things that when I saw it, I was like, why am I not surprised? And the you just you don't do it like you can't as an organization who the devils have done a good job of starting initiatives that are like support black businesses and building up Newark because Newark is a garbage heap Mm -hmm. right now. Um, and it's been all about um, supporting people of color and, and doing initiatives that um, surround Black Lives Matter and, and supporting black businesses. You can't do that, but then 
support Kurt Schilling. Like, it's one or the other. There is no, like, we can all get along. Like, no. The Nazis and the anti-racists do not get along. That same week, they sent out a tweet that was hashtag stop Asian hate because there have been a lot of discriminatory attacks on Asian people. Oh, the devils are very good at performative stuff, and you and I are intimately familiar oh, with yeah. this. Oh, yes. So they go out and they, they, they hop on the bandwagon of hashtag stop Asian hate. And yet, like, days later, they're, you know, f- associating themselves with the guy who has been, who has said extremely racist and offensive things about Asian people in the past. Who has called it the China virus. Exactly. It is, like... You have like you just you have to know how this looks. You have to know. It is your job to know. And it just like I say it every every week, you know, don't get discouraged because there are people in charge of really important things in really important institutions and organizations that are making these decisions. Follow your dreams, kids. And on that, we bid you farewell. So you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Staff Graph. You can follow Rachel on Twitter at Rachel Dory. You can follow me on Twitter at MikeyStevens81. The podcast is on iTunes. It's on Spotify. It's on any podcatcher you've ever thought of or dreamed of or that's under the sun. Buy our merch on Redbubble. You know, redbubble.com slash shop, And uh, write us a review. Let us know how, how, uh, how you feel about us. And because it, it'll warm our hearts and also help us rocket up those charts. Rachel. Do you have anything to leave the uh, our, our wonderful doting listeners on? Support women. 100%. And with that, we will see you Friday. <laughs>